Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Roka Report podcast in association with the Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen and we are back on the back of Sunderland's lovely little 4-0 win over Harrogate Town um, to discuss the game because of course as always we'll be here all season, we're back now full time, no breaks um, unless the world ends which is possible at any moment I guess. Um, joining us today is a debutant, Mr Fell West, how are we doing mate? Yep, I'm not too bad, Gavin. How are you? Great, great, mate. And and Watson, as always. How are we doing, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks very much. Do you know this? When I ask that question, I'm, I'm dreading the day someone goes, "No, <laughs> <laughs> everything's terrible." <laughs> yeah. So Sunderland beat Harrogate four 0 I'm always telling people that preseason games mean very little, but I was, to be honest, I was pretty chuffed with yesterday. How how did you how did you assess the game, Phil? Did you feel happy with what you saw? Because it is. It's. I mean, even even when it's a friendly and. It's sort of a hodgepodge team made up of kids and people play out of positions. So if you can win 4-0 and play a decent football, it's nice to see, isn't it? Yeah, I don't think it's to be sniffed at, Gav. You know, as you've just said, you know, there's a lot of people who say that it's you know these pre-season games don't mean anything at all about getting fitness into the players and getting minutes into the legs and you know working out formations and so on and so forth. But you know, four goals, clean sheep, I don't think you could be too unhappy with that. And I thought there were some really encouraging performances as well. So, yeah, take that result any day of the week. Yeah, how about you, Ant? Yeah, exactly what Phil said, really. I mean, like, you know, Harrogate are no mugs, are they? You know, they're only a league below us now. Um, and we were very, very comfortable, you know. We scored some nice goals, you know. I thought the first goal and the third goal were, you know, in their own way, very nice goals, you know. Nice team move for the third one. And, um, yeah, it's nice to see, you know, some young ones who are coming in who you're thinking, you know, these are going to do half-decent, should, should they be called upon. Um, improvement in the likes of Jack Diamond, you know, Elliot Hamilton, obviously, in pre-season, so... It's at the minute. It's quite pleasing to see. It's nice to see them actually playing football, isn't it? You know, instead of just la- launching the ball to Charlie White. So it's it's nice. Oh, that, that was that was definitely the big thing for me. Like I, I enjoyed just sort of back to front how composed we were with the ball mm-hmm. at our feet. I mean, I, I I'm not going to get into a slagging match over Charlie White because you know he did a great job for us last season. But it was just, it was just so good to see a centre forward who moves and drops in and. Mm-hmm. Sort of yeah. pulls wide, makes space for the other players to run into. I mean, if that's a, a glimpse into what we're going to see with the season coming up, Phil, it, it, it's pleasing, isn't it? Yeah, and I think, it's, I think as you just said, Gav, you know, you don't want to really slag Charlie White off too much because 30 goals are 30 goals, and it was a very precious commodity for us last season. You know, the gap to the, to the next highest scorer was, was massive. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think that we do need to modify our style of play this season. I think we do need to be able to attack teams in a variety of different ways. 
And I think what we're seeing here is, um, I think Lee Johnson touched on it in his post-match interview, I think what we're seeing now is a team who is starting to learn how to play in a different way. We are starting to become a bit more of a an all-court team, let's say. It's in the early stages, but as, as I agree with you, it's important that we are you know, being able to attack teams in different ways and change things up when necessary. So yeah, I think it's, I do expect us to play with a bit more dynamism this season. Um, as Anne just said, some of the young players, I think, made a good case for themselves yesterday. So again, some very promising signs. Yeah, you touched on it there, aren't the two two of the goals? I mean, I know Ellis Taylor's was a really fortunate. I mean, the God knows what the keeper was doing. And then <laughs> Embleton's second goal looped over the keeper's head. There wasn't really much he could have done about it. But the first goal and the third goals were brilliant in my eyes. I think the first one, it was just nice to see a midfield player driving at, at defences, isn't it? When was the last time a central midfield player did that? Like I'm, I know I'm not going to get too carried away. It's a pre-season game, I know. But it's a good sign that to see a player who... Because, I mean, Emerton isn't... I think Danny Collins said it on the stream. He isn't the quickest, but because he's good with both feet, he makes defenders worry about which way he's going to go. And when you can shoot from distance like you can, I mean, we've seen him do it for for Blackpool, didn't we, in the semi-final of the um, of the League One playoffs. He, he, when he gets the ball outside of the box and you give him time, he'll pick his spot and more often than not, you get it on target. So, I mean, it was pleasing that, wasn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I mean, Elliot Emerton's from the same village as me, so you know, I do know him not particularly well, but I've I've know of him and all that. And it's nice to see, like like you said there, with the with the midfield, that he's going to take. I reckon he's going to take the mantle of Maguire, but he's going to be a younger, fitter, more you know, versatile player than than what Maguire does, especially with running and scoring. And, and in pre season, yeah. he's been he's been excellent. You know, all three games. I mean, it's imperative that we keep a hold of him. You know, I know Blackpool. Uh, around about preparing 2.5 million you know what I'd be turning that down now you know yeah. I'd be I'd be looking at like Embleton being one of the key players of our of our play yeah. you know him alongside McGeady you know possibly um, Pritchard to come in you know that's a quite a, a good attacking three to, yeah. to cope with Ross Stewart but yeah I mean, it was a lovely goal wasn't it he turned lovely picked his spot fantastic finish you know great goal um, and he yeah. probably deserves that bit of luck for the second one because of how good the first goal was you find that normally happens doesn't it um, if yeah. you get a, if you get one, you kind of get the luck with the second. But fair play to him, you know. At least he had a shot. If you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the lottery. So yeah, it's fair play. Yeah, yeah. I think on the subject of maybe selling him, if there was any sort of humming and hawing going on about whether they should keep him, that probably decided it yesterday. No, hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. You know, absolutely. Especially yeah. Pr- Pritchard still hasn't got on the pitch yet. He's he's had COVID and what have you. So I know he was back at the game yesterday, which is good. Hopefully that means we might see him probably in the whole game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. Embleton for me, I, I I I would never sell him. I wouldn't have sold him even at the start of the summer. No, but to, me neither. Yeah, but I, I I don't think he's going anywhere. I think that's I think that's pretty much evident in the fact that he's featured so much in pre-season. If they were going to yeah. sell him, I don't think he would have played as much. I think it's all just hearsay about Embleton. To be honest with you, you know, it's it's a it's a good story, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, he helps the team. He helps Blackpool get promotion. Then they're supposed to after him again. You know, but um, I agree. I think he's the kind of player we need to be treasuring and really kind of. Put at the heart of the of the playing squad because, as you say, you know his first thought when he gets on the ball is to drive at the opposition, and we haven't had that for such a long time. Mm-hmm. You know, last season it was sideways pass, sideways pass, caution, caution, caution. But with Embleton in the team, it's he kind of you know I, I I spoke about him I think last year when he was on the verge of breaking through. I said he could be kind of the oil and the machine of Sunderland, and I really do think that's true now. I think he's probably come back from Blackpool a better player. He's got experience now. And I think it could be a big season for him. So you have to stick with him. You have to give him back, in, in my opinion, yeah. 100%. Was there any other standout performers in your eyes? And I thought I thought Corey, Corey Evans had a really good game. 
But yeah. was there anybody else? Yeah, I thought Corey Evans was excellent. Obviously, I mean, we've spoke about it so many times recently, but Callum Doyle, unbelievable. Yeah. Like, what a mm, sign he's, he looks as if he's going to be. Um, I thought he was brilliant. I thought Jack Diamond was fantastic as well. I thought he had a really, really yeah. good game. Obviously, he wanted to put one over Harrogate, I think, but he looked a bit more mature um, this season. You know, he wasn't just running into blind alleys or anything like that. He was looking up. You know, he was looking for the passing. You know, he, he could have gone on the score sheet himself. And I thought he was excellent. Yeah. yeah. How much do you think that had to do with his position, though, Because he, he played... He, how often do you see him on the left wing? Exactly. He was out on the left yesterday because there was no McGeady. And I thought, yeah. he looks a lot mm-hmm. better out there than he does on the right. Yeah. And he can cut in with his pace as well, which it's just yeah. going to, like, really scare, you know, defenders. So, But, yeah, I mean, as you said, Corey Evans, very, very good. He was good against York as well. So, if we yeah. can keep him fit, you can always... You can see, really, where the improvements have been made by Lee Johnson, even though we've only made, you know, two or three signings. But we've brought these young lads in who have now matured a little bit more, you know, like like Embleton, like Diamond. And we're just, you know, putting in these players where we need a little bit of improvement, where like, you know, like the like of Max Power, you know, Max Power tried his best for us for three years, but he hasn't got that ability of what Corey Evans has. You know, so yeah. the improvements are there to see and you know it needs a couple of more, of course it does, but you know, the signs are there, aren't they? That that this could be quite a good team this year. So it's very pleasing yeah. so far. You know, I don't want to get it's, too carried away, but it's it's nice. It's nice. Yeah, it's it's good. It's good when, and I said this before the games even begun. Really, it's good when the so yeah, obviously the the squad's a lot weaker than in terms of numbers than it was at the end of last season. But the, as a result yeah. of that, there's been a lot of game minutes given to players who probably wouldn't have got that. You know that amount of exposure, and Absolutely. even even like the little cameos you get from Ellis Taylor, he, he's mm-hmm. clearly a, a, a like a decent player. You know what I mean? And he's only what yeah. 17, 18 year old, um, and you know the left back Dice. I know he hasn't he hasn't looked great, but he's he's had a lot of football and he looks physically up to it. And if he can sort of you know settle in, new lad at the club, you know he's going to be a little bit nervous at first. Maybe give him six months in the twenty threes. Come. Come sort of January time, he might be ready to play some senior games or even go out on loan. You know, so there's, there's there is stuff you can take from these performances, isn't there, Phil? In terms of the players that we've got coming through, are clearly up to scratch. Oh, absolutely! I've been banging this drum for God knows how long. I said it, you know, twenty minutes after the final whistle blew against Lincoln in the playoff game. I said that we needed to, that in the you know for the new season, I think what we needed to do is build a team that had a good mixture of youth and experience. And I think that at the moment, I think you know you look at someone like Corey Evans who's coming. He's got, you know, a bucket loads of experience of, you know, of, of, um, of, of, you know, playing football, senior football, and you know, you, you know, you, you kind of you're looking at him and you're thinking, well, he could be kind of a mentor to the likes of Elliot Embleton and, you know, Jack Diamond and so on and so forth. I think it's that blend that we're trying to, that we need to build here. You know, not, not that we had a, I wouldn't say we had a team of plodders last season or you know, kind of over the hill players, but we did have the age of the squad last season was, you know, I'm get, I think it was probably reasonably high, and I think we need to lower that this season. But on the other hand of that, I think the most important thing is that we, we're not getting on the likes of Jack Diamond's back or Elliot Embleton's back if they're playing and they make mistakes or they maybe try a pass that isn't quite on. I think these lads are going to make mistakes. It's all part of the development as players, and I think we've got to be patient with them. So I do see the philosophy that Lee Johnson is trying to implement. I do think it's the right one that we need at this club at this moment in time. But it might take a while to bear fruit, and I think that's what I think that's where patience is going to be needed. Mm-hmm. Right, let's jump across to some Twitter questions then um, on the theme of yesterday's game and Daniel Moore asks, is Ross Stewart the right man up front? There's been a lot of talk about this on social media. Just before you answer your question there, I just want to add in really like, if the fact he hasn't scored in pre-season, it doesn't worry us no, at all. No, no. Um, so to be sort of being definitive on this, it, I think would be extremely harsh on the lad, I think. 
think he's actually played well. Just hasn't yeah, scored. I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think, And um, you know what I think with with Ross Stewart, what we need to kind of put a damper on straight away is he's probably not going to score thirty goals a season, but he's going to set up a lot more goals. You know what I mean? He's yeah. going to bring more players into play with his runs. You know, he's in and Absolutely. out and everything like that. That's like you said yesterday. It's so refreshing to see like a striker doing a striker's thing. You know what I mean? Like being that being a hustler yeah. and bustler and you know being a real nightmare for defenders. And he, I, I really like him actually. I do think he's a really good player. Mm. I mean, obviously, yeah, he hasn't scored, but he won the penalty, didn't he, for the goal against Hearts? He's he's put himself about so much yesterday, and he'll get a lot of defenders into a lot of trouble. So. You know, I, I think with him, if, if we can get, say, 10 to 15 goals off him and, and get the same in assists-wise or, you know, being part of that build-up there, then run more winner, really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. David, uh, DJB underscore 1976-ass Phil, uh, two weeks from the first game, we still need two full-backs, pace up front uh, and players on both wings, maybe an arguably another goalkeeper. Are we competitive at the moment? I mean, first off, do you agree we need... That amount of players, because I think yeah, I would say so. I, yeah. I do think we we do that numbers. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that, and I think that there's been you know we've heard Lee Johnson talking about this mystical figure of we need four quality, we need we might need six, so on and so forth. We are short. I don't think there's any doubt about that, and I wouldn't claim otherwise. But I think you've got to be a little bit patient. And as I said, I said this a few days ago, is that we are trying to break a transfer cycle that we have kind of been locked into for quite some time, and that is that we've either we've either panic bought, i.e., Will Grigg at the end of the 2019 window. Or we've gone for an over-the-hill journeyman like Danny Graham, for example. Um, so I think what we're trying to do here is kind of implement a new... I keep coming back to this word philosophy. But I do think that's what Kirill Louis-Dreyfus and Christian Speakman are trying to do. But yeah, I agree. I would say that we are lacking in, in, in key positions. And we definitely need to supplement the squad we've got with some quality in those positions. Absolutely. Wouldn't disagree with that at all. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. I think, I think, and we went over this last week on the pod... But I think that there's certain signings which we have, we just have to be a little bit more patient. As a, I think personally, as I think as a fan base, we have to be a little bit more patient. But where I would say we are pretty desperate is at fullback. Yeah, I think yeah. at present, I think at present that defence isn't anywhere near good enough. I mean, no. Doyle is clearly a very good player, and I think he'll start the season. And yeah. I think Tom Flanagan will start the season, but we all know Flanagan's not good enough. And um, then you look at the full-back positions, we've got two central midfielders playing left and right back against Harrogate. I mean, yeah. at this stage of pre-season, I think we would all have probably expected that those two positions would at least be occupied by somebody now. It's still a bit of a square peg in a round hole situation mm. in, in, in at full-back, definitely. Yeah. You know, and What we want to avoid, and I know you've touched on this before, Gav, is that we want to avoid a situation where we get into kind of the you know the kind of the, the real meat of the season, i.e. the winter time when games are coming thick and fast, and we do not want to be having to shoehorn players into positions that are alien to them we have to have players in natural positions and players who are durable enough to cope with the, the what will be a slog of a season so yeah I absolutely agree with you on that one yeah I'm I'm pretty hopeful that we'll get some players in by the time the season starts in those two positions though yeah I don't think they're that daft the way where they're going to just slip over that I know I know Luke O'Neill can play right back and Winchester's done all right there but like you've just said I mean a lot of people, sort of the gist of I've seen from social media in particular, a lot of people expect to see Luke O'Neill play there. People seem to think that we're not going to sign a right back by the time the season starts, and and that he'll be there. But I, I just don't think they will. I, I think there's a lot of um, soul searching went on with O'Neill over the summer, and he's probably yeah. made it very clear. You know, if I sign another deal with Sunderland, 
I ain't playing out of position unless I'm no. unless we're desperate. And it might yeah. be a desperate situation, but I just feel like, you know, breaking that promise that right at the start of the season to a player who you're trying to build your team around, it wouldn't be great. Yeah. And yeah. we've seen we've seen the links today with um with the Liverpool left back whose name I've forgotten. Um Tony Gallagher, I think. Yeah, that's Gallagher, the one. Yeah. Tony Gallagher, yeah. yeah. Um if if that's if that's gonna be a, a deal that we can get over the line even before Friday, before the whole game, that would be nice because he's obviously been through preseason with Liverpool and probably played you know a number of games or got some minutes and and what have you. So yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, Denver Hume is a total different uh, subject altogether. I mean, we're, we're expecting Hume to resign, but when is anybody's guess? He's not fit. He's not. He's not even fit yet. So he won't. You even if we sign him today, he wouldn't be fit to start the season. Six weeks behind. We need another left back. At least six weeks behind because he hasn't trained at all, has he? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think he's in. I think the I read that he was in light training at the academy mm. so they are letting him train mm. and get himself semi up to speed and he's probably working with physios and stuff but regardless he ain't going to be ready really looking at October really before you would see his match I, I don't know I, the, prob- the problem is is that because he isn't actually officially with the club we haven't had any sort of concrete update on his fitness mm. is he Is he? how far yeah. away is he you know and it's the same with Jim Adley, to an extent I know we've they've, they've put a sort of buffer in place and said he ain't going to be judged till Christmas time, but I've got a bit of a feeling that he might be ready by September, mm. October time, and yeah, hopefully because it was really yeah. cruel what happened to him. You know, he, he he came in and all of a sudden he's on the, you know, he's injured and he disappears off the face of the earth. You know, so but I think on Hume, I do think that you know, I I'd like Hume to stay because I think he's got a lot to offer. But again, it's this issue of you know, is he durable enough? Is he going to be able to? Is he going to be in and out of the squad again? Because we had that last season, obviously with the McFadden situation, he's his his weaknesses were exposed. It becomes an area of weakness for the whole squad and it just snowballs. So hopefully, if Hume does resign, and he, as I've just said, when he does get match fit, he's he can come in and he can hopefully cement that position as his own because I think that's what he would have to do personally. Yeah. Uh, right. We'll move on to another question. J like the letter. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> uh, he says pros and cons of loan signings. We've had some shockers recently, but also a couple of gems. But should we be a feeder team for the Prem? Shouldn't we be developing our own players? And what do you think of that? Because that's something I've wrote about actually on the site in the last few weeks. Where I, I'm, my opinion is that we maybe don't do enough mm. of our recruitment through the loan market, especially when you're at this level. I think when you look at some of the signings other teams at this level make. Totally un- unknowns coming out of academy sides from the leagues above and being successful. And, and you, you take into account Dion Sanders, and that was the example yeah. I used in my, my editorial last Absolutely. Monday, was, you know, just look at Dion Sanderson, came absolutely out of left field. Nobody saw him coming from, from you know, anywhere. Comes into Sunderland, all right, took his time to get into the team, mainly because the of the previous manager, and then was just unbelievable until he got injured. And to me, that that's proof enough that there the, there are players out there that we would that would just would not be attainable mm-hmm. because of the fact we're a League One club. Yeah, absolutely. And you can get them in. You can get them in and get them for a season. And if those players get you promoted, you worry about the next step afterwards. You know. And I think that's a bit the case with Doyle, isn't it? And, and yeah, he he's he's come in on a one year loan. There's probably scope there to bring him in longer term. Mm-hmm. And we've already seen him pre season. He's a good player. Um, but the other side of the coin is, you know, Jake Vokins and players like yeah. that who came in and just not not being able to contribute at all. But yeah, what what do you make of that then? Pros and cons of loan signings. Yeah, I mean, there's a way that you can do you can do both, isn't it? You know, you can bring in you know the loan signs. Like you look at the likes of of Doyle. I mean, Doyle's 
leaps and bounds ahead of our, you know, young centre halves around about his age, seventeen, eighteen. So obviously he's gonna be better than you know a seventeen year old kid in development. So I think the way the way you gotta look at it is. Yeah, we've we've got the wrong few. Uh, Vulcans is is you know one of them. I thought Vulcans was a little bit unlucky because he was he, he'd started badly, but he was coming into a little bit of form before COVID. You know, struck him, and then we you know we never seen him again. And obviously, um, Declan John, if he's still alive, you know, um, that that's another one where we <laughs> completely failed with that one. But you know, yeah. I would be personally looking at the, looking at the likes of you know the Man United, the Arsenal, the Cities, and just say, look, like. We'll develop them for a year. If we get promoted, we can have them again and build them up. And and that's what that's all what Wolves are doing with Deion Sanderson. He's gone to a League One team. He would have he'd have been sudden next season if we'd gone up, hundred percent. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. You know. It, it, I mean, looking back, I mean, look what Sunderland did with Jordan Pickford. Jordan Pickford was a Darlington. Moved to Carlisle. Went went up every division until he was good enough to play in the Premier League. And that's what you know, these good Premier League sides want to do with the youngsters because eventually they want them to play for the team. So why not? If everyone yeah. else is doing it, why shouldn't Sunderland? You know, why Why should yeah. we just be looking at League One journeymen, you know, or, or players like that? It's obviously not worked for three years. So, you know, try something else, try mm. a different tack. You know, and, and like I say, with Doyle, if, if, if that's, you know, the calibre that we can get in, then of course use that market. That's what it's there for, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I think, like I've just touched on, we haven't maybe done it enough, and and the problem in the past probably been we haven't been cute enough. Yeah. Like I think Sanderson was a bit of a data signing. Yeah, um, I'm not sure how the new how much they knew about Vulcans because he hadn't really played much football, you know. So it's it's like this summer it's it's a different approach altogether. We're sort of looking, and this leads us on to the next question. But we've been linked with some again out of left field players. Josh Key, I had never heard of this guy Phil before. No. The, the the news of the bid dropped late late in the week. Um, but yeah, we've been asked by Aidan, he's asked thoughts on the prospect of signing Josh Key from Exeter City. And on top of that, we've also been linked with um, Gabriel from, from Nottingham Forest, who was also on loan at Blackpool last season. So we're clearly yeah. looking at a specific type of fullback, aren't we, aren't we Phil? Absolutely, yeah. I think we're. I think that again, these are the players. You know, they're not. They're not necessarily what you would call big name players to, that we've been linked with. They're quite. They're probably quite unknown, really. You know, in the, in the big scheme of things. But you know, just picking up on what Anne said there, I, I think that there's nothing wrong with being, with kind of being smart and being savvy with with your recruitment. Now, whether that's the loan market as we just touched on, or as you said, Josh Key, we don't know much about him. He could be a bit of an unknown quantity. But some of them have signed players in the past who've come in and maybe unheralded, maybe kind of come in under the radar a little bit, and they've gone on to have great careers with us. So again, it, it, it I do get a sense that, that they are trying to do things differently in the transfer market, both on permanent deals and with loan signings as well. I think they're being a lot more thorough. I think they're being more meticulous. I think they're looking at, you know, again, I do think there are some things that you can't measure with a computer, character, personality. Do they have the right mentality to play for the club and so on and so forth? But we are looking for players who can clearly contribute to the team, you know, with assists, with you know whatever percentages they're using to gauge the effectiveness of these players. So again, I think with with someone like Josh Key, who maybe people haven't really heard of, you're probably not going to find out much about him until he if he does sign until he takes to the field for Sunderland. But you've got, I think you've just got to trust the people in charge that they are trying to target players who are going to contribute, and that's the way I see it at this moment in time. No, that, you're, you're totally right. And I'm I'm quite clear on my stance. I'm just being patient yeah. because yeah, Lee Johnson made it pretty clear that. And he got quite a bit of stick for this when he when he said that the market was pretty stagnant. And I think he could have maybe worded what he... I know exactly what he meant, and he could have worded it better. And he was pe- a bit clumsy with what he said, yeah. It, was, it wasn't the best yeah, wording. Pe- but. People are using it as a stick to beat him with to an extent. And mm. 
I think we've actually sort of got to look at what he's trying to say is that when you when you you assess the the lay of the land right now, the players that are available are whoever's left in the free transfer market, um, and then if you prepare to pay over the odds for somebody, you'll get them. Mm, and what Sunderland are trying to do clearly is we're looking at players who at this very moment maybe aren't available because yeah. um you know you all you've got to do is look at i think man united lost 4-1 to QPR the other night and if you yeah. look at the if you look at the side man united put out it was a mismatch of sort of fringe players and um and kids mm. And even Manchester United have having to bulk are having to bulk their squad out with kids at the minute because yeah. the vast majority of the players who went off to the Euros and and the Copper America and whatever else in the Premier League teams, those players are still on leave. Yeah. They aren't back in training 100%. properly yet. So these squads are actually being bulked out by the best youngsters. Yeah, um exactly. So and I'm not saying he's gonna sign for Sunderland, but this is just an example of somebody who who we've been linked with is a Galebraith, the midfielder from Man United. Oh, Ethan Galbraith, I think he's yeah, so yeah, he, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, when the Premier League starts, he's going to be nowhere near their team. But he no played chance. in that match the other night because they need him. So he right now isn't attainable. So if we are in for him, and I'm not again, I'm not saying he is, but it's just an example. If Sunderland are in for him, Man United are probably in a position where they can go. You can have him, but you can have him in three weeks mm. or four weeks. Yes. You know, not right now. And how many examples are there around? the Premier League and the Championship right now of that and that's what people have got to grasp when Lee Johnson's saying the market's stagnant it is to an extent because these teams can't afford right now to let these players go away I mean we could we could do a trolley dash couldn't we you know we yeah. could go around and say you know we'll pay over the odds we'll get him in we'll get him in we'll get him in blah 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 blah. pay exorbitant fees and then we get no return on those players or as you just said we can be a bit more patient we can we can kind of work with what we've got at this moment in time and we can take a broader perspective and a longer-term view. And we say, right, okay, we're not going to be browbeating into buying these players for pay over the odds for them. We're going to be a bit more canny, a bit more savvy, and we're going to wait until the right player becomes available for us. And to me, it seems like an, an easy decision to make. But that's, yeah. you know, that's how I see it personally. No, you're totally right. And this leads us into another question. I'll ask you this one, Ant. Um, we've been asked by David. He said in the past, some people have been moaning about the under-23s never getting game time, but now also say we need six-plus sign-ins. Won't making loads more signings stunt their growth. If youngsters can see a path to the first team, it should make keeping them easier. And I get what he's saying. I think that's a really, really good point. To be honest, <laughs> it, it is. It is. I mean, we all. We can, I mean, we all look at Barley Mumba, for instance, mm-hmm. and and players like that, and say, "Well, yeah. isn't it a shame they they went?" Hundred percent. Yeah, I, I think that's an absolutely superb point. You know, I mean, you're getting like. Yeah, but, I mean, Twitter's just such a... For, for Sunderland fans as well, I mean, for every fan, really. <laughs> for every club's got these fans on Twitter. It's like, why haven't we signed this? Why haven't we signed that? The reason why we haven't signed these players is because Lee Johnson doesn't want to sign them. You know, as simple as. If we wanted to be in... For, for Pickett, for example, there was all the clamour about trying to sign Pickett, who's a League One, decent League One striker. He doesn't want him. So, you know, there's no point in complaining that we are <laughs> taking our time. You know, as, as you've Absolutely. just said there... The, there's obvious that what we're going for, we're going to try and get the loans in. There might already be a couple of deals ready to go over the line once these Premier League players come back. You know what I mean? That's, that's what you've yeah. just said there. Um, yeah. But going back to that point there, there's only really, at the moment, I mean, obviously, um, as a dice, the, the left back. I mean, I would like to see him yeah. go out on loan to get him, late, you know, go to League Two or the, or the football conference, the football league, whatever they call it now, and, you know, learn how football's played, really. Play with men. Don't play with, 18, 19 year olds and 23s. It's it's my big 
kind of bugbear about the under-23s. I still think they should have the reserve league football where the young'uns who are good enough from the 18s go in and play against men. You know, not playing people yeah. your own yeah. age or anything like that. I think that does stun the stun the growth and stun the uh, ability when they come into the first team. Then, as soon as they get hit or kicked, they go quiet for five or ten minutes because they're not used to that kind of kind of style, really. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'd like to see him go out on loan. But then you're looking at like Dan Neil. I think Dan Neil will break in. I, I, I certainly think he'll be in the eighteen. Um, you know, Elliot Embleton, as we've said, you know he's now ready to start. Build it around him, you know. Young Patterson, I, I believe, is going to challenge Burge for the number one spot. Yeah, has hasn't done hasn't put a foot wrong in preseason, so he's doing really well. And we've got the likes of Younger, you know, he'd be a good backup and everything like that. And now, I, I, I like I say, I think it's a really good point. Where why do we need to sign six, seven, eight players when we do have these young lads who are starting to now shine? You know, like, like I say, sorry to butt in, and it's okay, mate. Go for it. The point as well is. If some of these players are just as good or potentially going to be better than the type of player we would sign as backroom, mm-hmm. like the, the big example for me is Dan Neal. He's clearly yeah. good, mm-hmm. right? He's clearly good. So why go out and sign a 28, 29 year old League One standard midfield player who's not going to not gonna grow with us, not no. going to improve us, mm-hmm. you know, probably yeah. just going to fill a hole in the squad, do a job? What's the point? Give, give him that space in the squad. Definitely. When you need to bring someone on for 20 minutes at the end of a game uh, to put some fresh legs on in, in midfield, mm-hmm. bring on Dan Neal. Bring on, you know, like you've just said, younger if we need somebody to just fill in in defence. Um, yeah. you know, Patterson, for me, is as good as Burge. So he yeah. shouldn't be going out on loan. He should be challenging for number one here. Yeah. And, and there's, you know, the, the squad's littered with those examples. And at some point, you have, to, you have to sit back and go, what is the point of an academy if that's not yeah. what you're doing? Mm-hmm. Especially when you're in League One. Like, sit, just... Say we get promoted, we get promoted into the championship. Those opportunities are going to be few and far between. It's going to be harder for these young players to break through. Definitely. We're in League One. We're not playing in the Premier League. You can afford to give kids these opportunities. And I'm not saying play Benji Kimpyorka every week. He's not good enough to do that yet. But what he is good enough to do is to stretch defenses when you've got ten minutes left yeah, at the exactly. end of a game. Exactly. Yeah. You know. I think I think part of the problem here is is that it's a there's a there's a and it struck me for quite a while actually is that you seem to have this argument particularly on Twitter that there were some people who were saying well you know under Stuart Donald the academy you know it fell into decay the players were being sought to keep the lights on and so on and so forth we've lost all these good players and but they're the same people who are now saying that the likes of Embleton Neil etc etc they're not good enough to play for the first team so you've got to at some point actually grasp the nettle and show some faith in these lads because as, as Ant just said they're going to be playing against you know League One. Hard men mm-hmm. this season, for want of a better phrase. They're not going to be playing against, you know, Callum Doyle, for example. He's going to be coming up against against streetwise savvy League One attackers. It's going to be great for his development. He's going to learn a hell of a lot, and he's also going to develop as a footballer as well. So I think you've got to show faith with them personally. I do believe there's talent there, and I do think we need to stick with them. No, good point. Right, quickly before we leave, we'll just quickly look ahead to the Tranmere game on Tuesday night. Another friendly, another League One opponent, or League Two opponent, I should Someone's say. Fast, aren't they? Yeah. yeah, so Tr- Tranmere, who we played um, in the final of the of the Papa John's Trophy. Yeah. Um, I don't think it'll be quite as competitive a game, but <laughs> it's another test. I think they'll give us a bit more of a test than Harrogate, won't they? And they're, they're a little bit more streetwise. Good league, um, good league two side, good friendly to have as well, you know. Because they've yeah. got that, they've got the mix of pace, the strong, and everything like that. And 
I think I think they're probably they're probably more of a sort of league one lower league one team than they are oh, league yeah, two side. Yeah. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's a good test for us, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, like I say, they're, they're good. That's good club as well, well run club, and they'll want they'll be wanting to get one over on us for the pizza trophy. You know what I mean? Even though it's pre season, <laughs> they'll be up for it. You know, it's a big it's a big week, obviously, with Tranmere and Hull. You know, a big week. You know, chance now for Lee Johnson to you know basically now try and pick your best team, try and you know see what we've got. Hopefully, we've got McGeady and Gooch back. You know, and they can um, get more minutes. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I mean, I, a, a bit about a bit about preseason. I quite like because it's just minutes in the belt. It's nice to see. You know, it's nice to watch football without particularly giving a shit about the result. You know what I mean? It's nice to win, obviously. Yeah. But it's not what it's about. It's just about getting you know getting fit, getting you know the style of player what LJ wants to do. And at the minute, so far, we're, we're doing all right. So yeah, it's it's going to be another enjoyable, uh, hopefully, another enjoyable week. Yeah, what would you like to see, Phil, from the performance on Tuesdays? I know we we. I've talked about this to the nth degree. Pre-season friendlies, you know, if you win or lose, it's not the end of the world. But we do yeah. like to see certain things, don't we, in terms of the way we play and, and and how the result ends. I'd like to see us play with some dynamism. I'd like to see us play with some spark. I'd like to see us really kind of play like we did yesterday against um, Harrogate. You know, have a go. Try things. Make things happen. You know, don't be afraid. And I think that defensively as well, I think Callum Doyle will be looking, if he does play against Tramme, I think he'll be looking to keep to continue his good form mm-hmm. in pre-season. I think he's yeah. had a really good start. Again, I don't want to get too carried away by it but again you can only judge on how you see him play game by game and he's, so far he's done really well so I think another um, I think another good defensive performance would be would be a really good boost for us um, maybe Ross Stewart bagging a goal as well would do his yeah. confidence some good if he does play um, again as you said and I think I touched on this earlier he's not going to be a 30 goal striker like Charlie White was but I think he will contribute this season and I think him Getting on the score sheet um, against Tramia would boost his confidence. So love to see Grigg get one as well. Actually, <laughs> it'd be nice, wouldn't it? Because if he, he'll get one, he'll he'll kick on, won't he? And it looks as if we're going to be using him. So we might as well get behind the lad again. You know what I mean? We might as well because it looks as if he's going to get used. Yeah, yeah. He, he he missed a pretty poor chance against Harrogate, and people were all over his case on social media. Yeah. But I'm I'm yeah. I'm in the sort of same boat as you. Aren't it? He gets a clean slate from yeah, me. Of course, yeah. everything that's gone on in the past is behind him now and it should be behind us because he's a Sunderland player mm-hmm. and the way I say these things is that at the end you just got to support them because what else can we do really you need, if, if if the plan is to keep him or at least keep him until the end of August then you know just get behind him yeah. get behind him I mean even if he does alright and he doesn't start every game it's going to better his chance of get, of getting a permanent move away and we move yeah, on and we might even it? get someone yeah. else in win win so, isn't it really yeah. it's win win if he's going yeah. to get a move or he's going to start bagging goals for us absolutely right that's a good point to end on then I think like we say hopefully just another win to the lads against Tranmere leading into Hull um, I think we might be back before Hull we'll see We'll just if we get battered on Tuesday I don't think I'm going to want to talk about <laughs> it so um, yeah we'll see how it goes but yeah thanks yeah. for joining us lads it's been great thank you I've enjoyed Cheers. it yeah. good, good first appearance Phil Thank you very much. Really enjoyed it. We'll get you back on, I think. Really enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, right. Cheers, lads. Cheers, everyone, for listening. We'll be back in a few days. Catch you later. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.